I'm Kate. I'm an alcoholic and grateful for other programs. Good morning, everyone. So step 11 starts on page 85 of the big book. And it says step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. We shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. There's that word attitude again. We've spent a lot of time in the workshop talking about all the different attitudes in the big book um, that are mentioned that we need to have a successful experience. And um, especially this one harkens back to me to um, page 55, where it talks about uh, we sweep away prejudice as one of our attitudes. So as we have this opportunity in step 11 um, to open our hearts to um a bigger, deeper relationship um, with whatever that conception is that we started out with. And it's probably different by the time I've gotten to step 11 and my amends are, you know, halfway done or done. And I'm practicing the 10th step during the day. Um, my relationship with this thing has really, really been growing and it's been showing me um, what it can do through me. I just follow the directions in the book and this thing, this creator, this spirit of the universe, this, um, this one is um, using me during the day. And it says we can be vague about this, but we're going to give you some definite and valuable suggestions. And then it really lays out the three parts of this step in, um, in the book, just over two and a half pages. The first part is a um, uh, what I use as an, a nightly review inventory. And so this is um, another way to look at it would be as a checklist. So at the end of the day, um, I'm going to constructively review my day and ask myself 12 questions. And these 12 questions, um, for me, I think of it as on a baseball field, um, when the pitcher pitches and, um, and the catcher misses it, there's a backstop where the ball will get get will hit instead of going into the stands where the people are. And so I think of the nightly review for me as at the end of the day when um if I haven't caught um a disturbance, a resentment, fear or a harm in a tenth step and addressed it with higher power in the moment or with a little mini inventory. Um the the nightly review is my backstop to go oh man, did I spend the whole day resentful about something and I didn't address it? Oh, I don't want to go to bed with that Ugh, icky, right? And so I get to address it here. I get this last minute opportunity to go to bed with a clean slate. Um, and then it gives us some instructions. We need to be careful not to use this um, as an opportunity for worry, remorse, or morbid reflection. So I'm not using this to beat myself up. I practiced this part of the 11th step for probably five years, maybe more before I wasn't using this at the end of the day to just beat myself. And, you know, honestly, it's all grist for the mill, but at the same time, um, I think that's why in the next paragraph, it gives us suggestions on meditation. It says what to do when we wake up in the morning. And so my experience is doing the nightly review without a morning sitting practice um, 
really allowed my mind to try to use my character defects of perfectionism to, um, to beat me into the things during the day that I hadn't done right. But then once I started doing the on awakening and taking the morning sit and asking, um, God, please direct my thinking today. Please divorce my thinking from self-pity, from dishonest or self-seeking motives. And then it says, God is going to use my mind. God, because I've aligned and I've surrendered, God is going to use my mind today. And my thinking life will be on a plane that's completely different. It's not going to be selfish and self-centered. Um, I'm going to be inspired throughout the day. This word inspiration appears like three or four times in one paragraph. So um, what, what starts to happen for me, my personal story of how I started meditating was I wanted what Elizabeth had um, and was willing to go to any lengths to feel to seem like the, the way that she felt in the world and that power of attraction. And then I was willing to set a timer um, every day for 30 days for one minute. And then we bumped it up from there. But what I want to say about what step 11, you know, is really done in the short term and in the long term was by setting a space. I started to see that this power really wanted to love me and would come into the space and show me the parts of me that I was, that I wasn't able to experience if I didn't stop moving. And that includes doing all 12 steps in AA, all the parts of the steps, except the meditation part of step 11. And so, um, the, the hardest direction the entire big book for me to take is at the bottom of uh, page 86. And that is we relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm going to be practicing that till as a friend of ours in Houston says five minutes after they throw dirt in my face. You know, it's just that is not easy for me. I'll do inventory till I'm blue in the face. Give me a four step. Give me a six or seven. I'll write out. I'll write out amends. I'll make those appointments. Relax and take it easy. Are you kidding me? So what this paragraph is doing is it's inviting me to take the experience I'm having with my higher power in the morning, or if you work nights, I guess nights, right? Um, out in my day, it's saying that what I experience in the sit, and Elizabeth and I are going to talk about all the different things that happen in the sit. Um, how do I take that, that experience of being with that one power in the sit and go live like that? And, and the thing is, is what this step has done for me is I live like that a lot of the time, the way that it feels when I sit in meditation, even when the crazy is going, I now go out in the world and experience the way that it feels to be with my higher power in the sit out in my day. Elizabeth. Thank you, Kate. Hi, I'm Elizabeth. Happy to be here on this beautiful Saturday morning. Um, so prayer and meditation, you know, has evolved, has changed just like all the steps, right? We keep doing them, we keep practicing, and it keeps changing. Um, I think the most visual, simplest explanation of why I meditate 
has been, um, I'm going to share that with, I recently was, somebody shared this with me and it was, it made so much sense. Um, so we talked yes, uh, not yesterday, last week about self-reliance and in the third step I've surrendered and I've made a commitment to no longer live by self-reliance and self-reliance for me manifests in my thinking and so when we get to this step and we've entered the world of the spirit and we're learning new laws that are different than the mental and physical laws it's really interesting um, to see how even when I try to use my thinking, it doesn't work, right? It doesn't work the way I think it should work. Um, so what's, what's happened in this step, what happens in this step is there is a space between each thought. And for a long time, I didn't know this because my thoughts just were like, but the practice of meditation has shown me and giving me the experience of a space between each thought. And if there wasn't a space between each thought, right? If you're thinking, well, I don't have any space between my thoughts, everything would be happening at once. So there are, there, there actually, even though it doesn't feel like it, there is a space between each thought. And what happens in meditation is I get the ability or the experience of dipping in to the space between the thoughts. Some people call it the gap. Some people call it the spirit of the universe. That's my phrase lately, the spirit of the universe, the oneness, the, the something greater. Now, I can't produce this space, right? already there I don't have to do anything but meditation can you hear me okay but meditation has allowed me to become aware that there's more than just my thinking so every time I sit it's like I jump into you know it could be the analogy of jumping into a swimming pool you jump into a swimming pool, you come out, you're sitting on the side of the pool and you still have water on you, even though you're not in the pool. You've got some of the experience on you. You're sitting there dipping your toe in and then you walk away from the pool and eventually that experience dries off. So we got to jump back into the pool. And that's what meditation does. Like it allows me to jump into the pool, into the gap and bring that experience out into my moment to moment. Now, what that actually looks like in a practical sense is that rather than being driven by my thought life and self-reliance, there is an ability of the, what the big book calls the promises of the big book in this step is that I will have the natural ability to pause I don't produce a pause. The pause is the grace that God gives me that I experience. I don't know if God gives me is even the right terminology, but there's a grace that is experienced when I do the disciplines. 
And no matter what kind of sit I do, whether the meditation is one that I would label not good or that was a great one, it doesn't matter because every time I sit and set the timer, that experience serves me in the moment where I am at that time in my life. And so for me, that's a really motivating thing because I can have crappy meditations and it doesn't matter. I could have more, you know, great white light type. It, it's like I recently heard a quote that David Letterman said. He said, it does meditation is like jumping into a pool. It doesn't matter how deep you go. You're going to get wet. And, th and that's me that's meditation, right? Doesn't matter how deep you go. You're going to get wet. And so for a long time, the first nine years of my recovery, I was unwilling to sit in meditation. Well, for a lot of reasons, I really didn't know what it was, right? And in this book, it says, seek out religious people, seek out spiritual people, make use of what they offer. So what basically what that meant was like, I had to do some work and I'm really not into doing work. Like I'm actually more of the, I want to relax and take it easy. I don't want to do too much. <laughs> and so it took me a long time and, you know, hitting up against the wall, like Kate said, like I'm doing everything, but I'm leaving out this little part here. You know, for me, it was the whole 10 and 11. I wasn't really willing to do at the time at nine years. But at that time, I was introduced to a sitting practice. And my mentor at the time who took me through the steps said, to set an egg timer for one minute and to follow my breath. Just, he said, just pay attention to your breath, your inhale, exhale. And as soon as you realize that you're not paying attention to your breath, come back to your breath. And I'm thinking one minute, not pay attention to my breath. What's he talking about? But then I started to experience what he was talking about, right? For one minute, I barely could pay attention to my breath for the inhale. It's like I was lost by the exhale. I was in my, my head thinking stories, future, past, blah, 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 blah. What am I going to do? What am I going to get? And so, again, I think we've already shared this, but I'll say it again. The mind is like a muscle. It, it's like a child. It's like the puppy. You know, it needs to be trained. And I continue to seek out and through the years have found different ways of practicing and being able to sit to experience that gap between the thoughts, right? And um, why do I even do this? Well, I do this because if I'm in the way, I'm definitely not going to be serving you. I'm not going to be doing the purpose of the book, which is my primary purpose is to stay sober, help other alcoholics, and to practice these principles in all my affairs with my family, my coworkers, and anyone I interact with on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. And if I'm locked up in my head thinking about what I want, what I'm going to get, where I'm going, how I'm going to get there, what's my dream, what's my purpose, how, then I'm not here. And there's no way that I can be used as a channel by this spirit, by this, you know, I'm here me, Elizabeth, for a reason. I believe that. I believe each one of us. And, you know, that's just my belief system. That's 
a result of my experience by practicing these principles. There is a specific, unique reason that each and every one of us are here in this manifestation at this time, coming together as we are each week, each moment. Same reason I'm, you know, having a conversation this morning with the waitress that served our table. That was, there was a, every, every single move I make, every single breath I take. And I didn't always think that way before I got to Alcoholics Anonymous. But these spiritual principles over time in practice have allowed me to experience enough of the space between the thoughts to know that there's so much more than I think going on all the time. And so I prefer to dip into that infinite possibility than my little thought, right? Because as soon as I have a thought and I make a decision, I have now shut myself off from the infinite potential that is possible because I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. I know how to do it. I know how to say it. I know what, and I don't want to live that way anymore today. And, and that transformation for me, that evolution for me has come through practicing this particular step. And in my experience, I could, I cannot practice step 11 if I'm not practicing the rest of the steps, because I will not be able to sit with myself. I will not be able to meet that which I am, which you know, I'm all of it. I'm the the knowing and the ignorance, right? I'm the the rager and the peaceful warrior. I'm all of it. And so if I don't have the willingness or the ability to be, there's no evolution for me. Oh, that was a rhyme. I just made a rhyme. But anyway, I will just say this. I started with one minute, one minute and an egg timer in a closet. I used to have to go into the closet because my wife was too noisy. And I would say that I couldn't meditate because the people in the house were making it because I was a victim. I was a blamer. I can still be that. That's why I have a sponsor. And I wanted what she had and has. That's why I keep doing what I'm doing. And so do we need to go back to the book? I think we do, Kate. And I think it's all on you. Thank you, man. Such good stuff. You know, it says we're often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. So what Elizabeth just described is like, let's talk about what this looks like on a daily basis. I wake up, you know, I walk the dog, I put on the coffee, I come back, I get the coffee, I go to the sit, I look at the place and I try and I set the timer. Okay. I set the timer and I'm trying some technique. Maybe I'm using my breath as an anchor right now. Um, my mind has been so, so scattered, um, that I, like Elizabeth said, when she started, like by the exhale, I'm gone. I'm thinking about something with the estate. I'm thinking about, you know, my job that I just, you know, took a leap of absence for, I'm like, everything is going. So right now I'm using a technique, make use of what spiritual teachers have to offer of counting to four, not 10, 
not six, four, like four on an inhale. And I, I, I can't make it to four a lot of the times, but what I practice is I start counting to four with my breath and trying to focus on my breath. And then when I lose the numbers, I go back to the numbers. And so I'm, when the timer goes off and meditation is done, I don't have an opinion about how good or bad it was or how spiritual or sober I am today, right? I did my sit. It's time to go about in my life. And then what it says is that just by doing that and the nightly review we went over, what's going to happen is as I go throughout my day, I'm going to have that gap that Elizabeth talked about. It is going to show up in moments of choices, how I treat the person at the dry cleaners. One of my friends in Houston talks about her 10th step is how she treats the woman who doesn't have her shirt. You know, it's going to show up in how I drive. Um, when I honk at somebody because they're not going at the green light rather than thinking, oh, it's a dad in the car who's taking his toddler to preschool and the toddler dropped a goldfish in the floorboard. Like, I don't care about the goldfish. I want you to go at my green light, right? Or is there a gap, right? There's this... So we're going to be inspired more and more probably. And so what this promise is at the top of 87, this paragraph is like, I'm going to start to live from this place of the mind is going to start to take a back seat to this silence. And I'm going to be able to call on this slow, steadier pace of living. And that's how I'm going to make decisions and show up. So, and then it says this incredible thing, I'm going to rely on it. So that word reliance, right? God reliance. I'm going to be able to rely on this vast, unknowable, unknown space that's going to show up in my day where before it was just mind all the time. Um, and then it does, it does say, um, we can pray like when we don't know, like just pray for, um, whatever our next step is to be. Um, and then the pause Elizabeth talked about, um, and reminding ourselves that we're no longer in the world to play the role that we just deem ourselves that we're supposed to, we're supposed to play. Um, I, 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 you know, a lot of teachers approach meditation, um, out outside of the program and talk about it as, well, what's all that stuff that our mind is saying. And lots of teachers talk about it as, you know, it's just, I mean, the language we would have for it in the 12 steps would be like, those are just our instincts or those are just our, you know, our sex security and, um, social instincts or the instincts in the third column in, in the resentment inventory. Um, you know, for me right now, a lot of what comes up in my meditation space is, um, is pain. And Elizabeth talked about, um, you know, how important it is the the, the unwillingness to have a continuity in this practice. And for me, what's come up a lot in my meditation space is, um, you know, a lot of, you know, my mom was killed in an accident about six and a half months ago. And one of the conversations Elizabeth and I had right after, um, I'd had a consistent morning practice for years. Um, but everything was turned upside down. And so it's not, that I was going to not do the practice anymore. 
but the idea of getting up in the morning and sitting with everything that creating a space that anything in my mind could just show up the way it was going to show up, um, violent images, I do, things that it happened, the car, the hospital, the ER, her body, like all of these things were coming into that space. And I was just going to sit there and watch it. Like I could be neutral around it. Like, are you crazy? And you know, what Elizabeth said to me is, and this has been true for me as the months have passed is into that space. What's really going to come up are feelings. And if you don't keep the space open for those feelings, you're going to push them down inside and they're going to keep you sick forever. And you will never, ever discharge or release the things that are trying to get out of your body. You know, and one of the things that happens to us as we have this spiritual awakening is our physical, our mental, and our spiritual bodies get reunified. And as we go forward, different pieces of those are going to rise as a new piece of business, right? Like I'm having sleep problems or I'm having problems with, you know, this cholesterol or that thing. And those are going to come up in life as a piece of business to deal with. And one of the things meditation does is, and why it is so intensely practical is if I'm setting that space, I'm saying to the creator of the universe, let me know what I need to deal with today that I'm not dealing with. Give me information that you need for me to have so that I can be useful in the world. But I can't be useful in the world if I don't, if I'm not willing to pay attention to what's really going on. And so um, right now, meditation for me is, it can be really painful. And the thing is, is because I have the practice, um, I'm able to actually experience a different reality than the physical and mental reality of what happened to my mom in that car. You know, I get kind of messages of, of a different reality of the spiritual reality we know in the big book and what it tells us like behind everything physical and mental, there's this sixth sense that we're going to get to have. And I've had that healing happen, but it's not what happens in the mind. The mind is so obsessed with the physical and mental details of her death, not with the spiritual reality that is so much bigger than, um, than, than just how it feels. Elizabeth. Thank you, Kate. Yeah. Yeah, big stuff. It's it's kept me from sitting for a long time, but the truth is that we we are okay and that we we are safe and protected. And we can be still. Um, and we're not alone. You know, I, I read in a recent book that Deepak Chopra said that a couple of, he, he says, I know quite a few people that have got, went crazy the first few days on retreat, silent retreat. You know, we, we as a species, it's, but we can do it. And there are lots of people that live this way. And we have so many mentors that we can continue to watch and seek out what they offer and continue to 
put it into our daily reprieve, 24-hour period. So with that, we're going to go into meditation. I think we did have a question, but I don't, I don't remember what the question is. Do you, Kate? For step 11. So go ahead and get in a comfortable spot. You could close your eyes. And we'll set a timer for five minutes. And, um, you know, if you are new to the practice and new, when I say new, I mean, if you don't have a daily practice, if you don't practice every day that you wake up before you go to sleep one time, at least once within the 24 hour period, then I would offer you what was offered to me. And that is to try to do 60 minutes, 60 seconds, one minute for 30 days in a row. And then when you get 30 days, you can let me know. And if you get five days and you miss a day, just start over till you get 30 in a row. So for those of us that are in that bracket, we're just going to start with what Kate suggested, counting to four on the inhale. And then as you exhale, counting to four. So it's inhale, one, two, three, four. Exhale, one, two, three, four. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Exhale, one, two, three, four. And if you lose track of your count, simply start over at one and Kate will let us know when it's time. Have a great meditation.
that's time.